this house with us today. He was in that grave, but he's no longer in that grave. And that's what Easter's all about. Amen. I'm going to um, I'm going to preach a little bit to you this morning and share the the word of God with you. And I'm going to ask you to turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Matthew, chapter 27. And we're going to be reading today, beginning with verse 45 down through verse 54. And I'm going to be dealing today with the subject of the miracles of Calvary. The miracles of Calvary from Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 54. If you have that, say amen. Amen. They'll be putting it also on the screen, but... Let's begin reading this morning, verse 45. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which was Aramaic. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again in this second cry of Jesus, John tells us in the gospel of John chapter 19, that this cry with a loud voice was when he said, it is finished. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost or his spirit. He yielded his spirit to God and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake. And the rocks rent, and the graves were opened. And we've been singing about that this morning, hadn't we? Some dry bones rattling. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city and appeared Unto many. Now, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, thank you today for this wonderful, glorious day. The, the celebration of the, of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for everyone that has assembled together and come today to worship you, to praise you, Jesus, to lift up your name. And Lord, we ask you today right now that you will anoint these lips of clay, that you will help me to minister your word to your people today, that you will help me to share what you've laid upon my heart this morning. I'm asking you, Lord, that you will open the hearts of everyone here to receive the seed of your word 
God, do a great work here in this house today. And we give you praise for what you've already done, for the presence that, of the Lord that is already here. And we thank you for what you're going to do and give you the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. The miracles of Calvary. The entire life of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've read the Bible, if you've read the gospel accounts of the Lord Jesus, you know that His entire life was a life of miracles. From His entrance, from His birth, and His entrance into this world through that virgin birth, uh, which was a tremendous miracle through His public ministry, the daily life of Jesus Christ was attended by many, many miracles. Jesus was and still is a miracle worker. Can I get an amen on that? The Bible says that Jesus went about doing good everywhere that He went, that the Holy Ghost was upon Him. And He went about doing good, healing and delivering and setting free the captives, those who were oppressed of the devil, And everywhere that Jesus went, there were miracles that followed him in every city, in every town, and in every village. He was so noted for miracles that when they, when the people of a a certain town or village or community heard that Jesus was in town, they would gather up the sick and the infirm and the suffering and they would bring them to that place where Jesus was because they knew if they could just get these folks to Jesus, there was a miracle waiting for them because Jesus was a miracle worker. He gave sight to those who were blind. He cleansed the lepers and opened up the the ears of those who were deaf. He made the lame to leap for joy and the mute to be able to speak. And Jesus even raised the dead on certain occasions. And every single day of His earthly ministry was filled with the miraculous. We have those miracles recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But John, the writer of that that of, of his gospel said that, that, that if all of the things and the miracles and the works that Jesus did would have been recorded, there were so many more things that weren't written down and weren't recorded. And John said that if they were all recorded, that even there wasn't all the books in the world could not contain all the miraculous works and the things that Jesus did in his earthly life. But, you know, we we look at all those miracles he performed. But when Jesus was taken to Calvary, when he was taken to that hill of Golgotha, that place of execution there where he was placed on that cross, that hill of Calvary was also turned into a mount of miracles. The word Golgotha that is mentioned in the, in the Bible of, of the place where Jesus was crucified means the place of the skull. And it had been the scene of many crucifixions there by the Romans. Many felons and thieves and murderers and insurrectionists had died there on crosses. But this was a different time and this was a different day because on this day, now the sinless, spotless 
pure Son of God, the Lamb of God, was going to be put upon a cross and crucified there. Now, Jesus didn't actually perform any miracles that we have recorded while He was on the cross other than He did save a repentant thief. We do know that. But there were no great miracles performed by Jesus while He was on the cross. But there were miracles that took place all around the cross that fully attested to the divine work that was accomplished there at the cross of Calvary. As always, the work of the Lord Jesus was approved of God by miracles and wonders and signs. And God gave some miracles there on that day that Jesus died on the cross to attest to what was taking place there on Calvary. You know, Jesus could have stayed the hand of the angry mob that came for him to arrest him there in the garden. He even said, with, he even said himself to Peter when Peter pulled his sword to fight for Jesus and to drive back that angry mob that came after him. Jesus said, Peter, put up your sword. Don't you know that I could pray right now? I could ask my father for 12 legions of angels and he would send those 72,000 angels to deliver me from what is taking place. But you know what? Jesus did not call for those 72,000 angels to deliver him. If he had, because if he had, he could have done that. But if he had been rescued, you and I would not have been rescued. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that he went to the cross, that he went there to die and to bleed and to suffer and to pay the sin debt for me and for you that I can have eternal life and know that one day I'm going to be with him in glory. All my sins have been washed away by the precious blood of Jesus because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Oh, that's the good news of the gospel today. Amen. If he would have been rescued, where would that have left us today? We would be in a mess today. But when Jesus, when they cried out to him as he hung there on the cross, and they said to him, if you be the Son of God, come down from the cross, it was within his power to do so. Don't ever think that he didn't have the power to pull the nails from his hands and feet and come down from that cross had he so wanted to and so desired. Jesus had made the statement and said, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. He said, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. But the Bible said that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I am so thankful today that when Jesus prayed in that garden of Gethsemane and he looked into the bitterness of the cup that he was going to have to drink and his, his righteous soul withdrew and he said Father if there's any other way that we can pay for the sin of humanity if there's any other road that I can take if there's any other way to redeem 
redeem mankind. Let this cup pass from me. But I want you to know there was no other way. He had to drink of that bitter cup of our sin and of death on the cross. And I thank God today that he prayed it through in Gethsemane. And he said, yes, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And he paid the supreme price for our redemption. Come on, amen. Give the Lord a praise today. Hallelujah. He had the power to come from the cross. He could have performed many miracles at that time that he was on the cross. But he chose to be obedient As Brother Andy read the verses this morning from Philippians 2, he chose to be obedient to death, the death of the cross, and to give his life for our redemption. But God the Father did perform some miracles while his son was on the cross. While the work was being done of redemption by the Lord Jesus, there were some miracles that took place at Mount Calvary that attested to the work done there at Calvary being a divine work. We read in our text in verse number 45 of of Matthew 27, it says that from the sixth hour, which was 12 noon, from the sixth hour there was a darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. The first miracle that we see of Calvary was that there was a three-hour period of darkness. From high noon until three o'clock in the afternoon, there was darkness that was all over the land. The sun refused to shine and hid its face while the Son of God died. This was a day that had two nights because there was darkness at the time when the sun was to be its brightest. It was dark at noonday. I know there's been those that try to explain this away, and they've tried to say, well, this was nothing more than an eclipse that took place. But it was not an eclipse, because this, this darkness lasted for three hours much longer than any eclipse would ever last. And not only that, this was the day, this was the time of Passover, which was always celebrated during a full moon. And so it was impossible for there to be an eclipse during this time. No, this was not an eclipse. This was not just a natural happening that took place. This darkness was caused by God. It was the time that His Son would bear the penalty of the sin of the whole world and as Jesus took the sin of the world upon himself and there on that cross as the Lamb of God became the sin offering for all humanity God hid the sun God turned out the lights God pulled God the Father pulled a curtain across the sun and darkness was over the land from high noon till three o'clock in the afternoon as Jesus took upon himself as the son bore the penalty of our sin God himself the father hid his face from the son and and that is when Jesus cried out and said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me amen he knew what the, what was good that was part of the bitter cup that Jesus was was repulsed by is the fact that he was going to have to take 
take the sin of the world upon himself. We don't understand all about that, but God turned out the lights and pulled the curtain so the darkness would hide the anguish of his son from all of the onlookers, and he would not allow the world to watch as God's son became the sin bearer of the sin of the world. The Bible said he, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin, became a sin or a sin offering for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad today that my sins are gone because the Son of God bore them at Calvary's cross and took them away. Hallelujah. Amen. He went through that period of time, those three hours of darkness. Jesus went through that all by His self. God the Father, whose eyes are, as the prophet said, purer eyes than to be able to look upon sin and look upon iniquity as Jesus became the sin offering for the world. God Himself turned His face away from His Son, turned out the lights, pulled the curtain, and darkness came upon all the land so that no one could look upon the anguish and the suffering of His Son. The words of the great old hymn by Isaac Watts says, Well, might the sun in darkness hide and shut His glories in when Christ the mighty maker died for man, the creature's sin. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my soul rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. How many happy people we got because of the cross today? From the sixth hour to the ninth hour, from 12 to 3, there was darkness all over the land. The ninth hour, Jesus cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But in verse number 50 and 51 of our text, we see the second miracle that was performed at the cross. Jesus, it says in verse 50, When he had cried again with a loud voice, this was when, as I said, that Jesus said, it is finished. He yielded up the ghost. He breathed his last. He yielded his spirit. His spirit, his head slumped to his breast. His spirit left his body. And Jesus Christ died at that moment. Jesus died at the very moment the Holy Spirit told him to. Jesus was in full control of the whole situation. He died at the perfect time, at the right time. When everything had been accomplished and finished, he said, it's accomplished. It's finished. And he died there at the cross. And the Bible says... That behold, at his death, notice verse 51, that the veil of the temple was rent in twain, was rent, torn in two, from the top to the bottom, 
and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. The second miracle that took place at Calvary was the, the renting of the veil in the temple of God. Jesus, as I said, freely gave His life, and when He died, at the moment of His death, that veil that was in the temple, and how many of y'all are familiar with that veil? You know what it, what, what, what it was? The veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. That holy of holies was the place that only the high priest could go into. Only once a year with the blood of the sacrifice on the day of atonement, that priest would go into that holy of holies and make atonement for the sins of Israel. He was the only one that could go in. It separated it separated man. It separated him. That veiled it from the presence of God. The veil was a massive woven curtain. It was 60 feet high. And it was 30 feet wide. And 4 inches thick. And the Jewish historian Josephus said that it was so strong that four yoke of oxen could not pull it apart. This curtain was torn at the death of Christ from the top to the bottom. And listen to me, saints. It was a miracle because only God was the one that could have done this. No human hands were responsible for renting this veil. But it was the unseen hand of God. This same hand of God that parted the Red Sea and the Jordan River and brought water from the rock in the wilderness. This same mighty powerful hand of God reached down out of heaven as soon as Jesus said it is finished and rent and tore that veil in that temple from the top to the bottom. And the signification, what it was saying was this, that the price was paid completely and totally at that moment on the cross. It was finished. The price for your sin and my sin and our redemption was paid at that very moment on the cross. Amen. There are those today that try to teach that Jesus didn't, didn't, did not complete or do a finished work when he died on the cross. And I want to tell you today that the work of Christ at Calvary's cross when he died was a finished, accomplished, and completed work right then and right there. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to get to the resurrection here in a moment. But can I tell you, the resurrection was never in doubt. The resurrection was never in question. Amen. The price was paid at the cross. We have those that teach today and try to preach today that Jesus had to go into the fiery pits of hell and there be grapple with demon spirits and there burn for three days and three nights to pay the price for our sin and that our, our atonement and our sin, the price for our sin, they say, some say, was paid there in hell. And then Jesus, they say, was born again on the third day and became the first born again man. If you're following a doctrine that teaches that you need to find another church and another preacher there's not an ounce of truth in that 
We don't preach a born again Jesus. We don't teach a Jesus that died spiritually. We don't teach a Jesus that became a sinner on the cross. We don't teach a Jesus that went to the fiery pits of hell. But we teach a Jesus that atoned for every sin on the cross of Calvary when he died and shed his blood. Every sin, past, present, and future was atoned for by the blood of Jesus when he died on Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. The veil was there to exclude everyone except the high priest who only entered once a year. The glory of God was hidden behind that veil from all during the Old Testament times. None could approach the presence of God. The glory of God was hidden behind that veil and separated from mankind. But at the cross, the veil was torn open to expose God's glory to all of the human race. Fallen mankind would now have access into that holy place and into the presence and the glory of God. The rending of that veil and the opening of that holy of holies said that God's presence could now be accessed because the sin that was paid. It was also signifying that the presence and the glory of God and the Spirit of God would no longer dwell in a house made with hands but the Spirit and the glory of God was going to take up a new residence because our sins had been atoned for for everyone who would believe now the glory of God and the Spirit of the Lord would take up residence inside a brand new temple and you ladies and gentlemen your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit now hallelujah and the Spirit of God lives and dwells in every born again believer because what Jesus did at the cross oh the miracle of that rent veil that veil Paul said in Hebrews was his flesh, was the flesh of Jesus. And it says that now that we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which has, he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Now the good news is, saints, there is a way for sinners to come to God, Jesus Christ and the cross. And I want to add this here. That is the only way. Let me say that again. That is the only way for sinners to come to God and be saved through Jesus and the cross. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Hallelujah. I got no stones, as Brother Scott said. I got no stones to throw against any other religion. But if your church or religion teaches any other the way to heaven other than through Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ you are in the wrong place you are in the wrong church there's only one way to get to heaven there's a Oprah's got it all wrong there's not many ways to God there's only one way to heaven and that is through the veil of his flesh and the blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary come on somebody say amen today Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God we have 
No need today for a priest to enter in our behalf. No more do we have to wait for a day of atonement for our redemption because the veil has been removed and the mercy seat has been exposed and the way is open to all and now everyone who will can draw near with a full assurance of faith and know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Thank God for that miracle of the rent veil that we can come to the presence of God. But verse 51 also says that the earth did quake and the rocks rent. This was a third miracle that took place at Calvary during the crucifixion. There was an earthquake. There was a shaking. The rocks were cracking and falling. The elements, the very elements were being disturbed at Christ's death. The sun pulled a veil over her face and the earth itself went into convulsions. The earthquake called attention to the divine work that was taking place there at Calvary. The one that was dying on that cross was the creator of all things. John said that all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. It was he who had piled up the mountains and who had scooped out the valleys. The one who put the sun in its flaming orbit and put the stars in their sockets. The one who made the boundary for the sea that it could only go so far. And the one who holds the winds in his fists. The mighty creator of everything was now dying on a cruel cross. And the earth shook and trembled And the rocks cracked and rent and moved out of their place. The earth was saying the Creator is dying on Mount Calvary. And God was using this this miracle of this earthquake to call attention to the fact that the Son of God was dying to, to announce a new and living way through Jesus Christ. That centurion and those that were there with him in the text said as they were watching Jesus and they saw the earthquake and they saw the things that were done, they feared greatly and they said, truly, this was the Son of God. Hallelujah. They recognized this was God's Son that was dying, was not just a prophet, not just a good man, not a man. Islam teaches and the Muslims teach that God had no son, that Jesus was a prophet and he was a good man. But that doesn't save anybody. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. He was more. He was a good man. Amen. He was a prophet. Jesus was. But he was more than a prophet He was more than a good man. He was the only begotten Son of Almighty God. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was and is the creator of all things. And it was that creator that was dying on that cross and the earth goes into convulsions as its creator dies for the sin of of humanity, the miracle on the cross of the earthquake brought attention to the fact that God was dying for the sins 
of the world. But in verse 52 and verse 53, let's read it again. There are two miracles together that are mentioned in these verses. Verse 52 says this, after the earthquake, the veil, well, look, the veil was rent. The earthquake came. And verse 52 said that the graves were opened. And many bodies, do you see it? Many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves. Notice these three words. After his resurrection. Whose resurrection? Jesus' resurrection. That came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Two miracles are mentioned. The opening of the graves and the resurrection of the saints. The stone doors of the tombs of many of the saints there around Jerusalem during the earthquake were split in two and opened. Graves around that city of Jerusalem were opened at the death of Christ. That's what the Scripture says. The graves were opened, but the dead bodies stayed in there for three, mm, I'm about to feel something today, for three more days and three more nights. But something took place on that third day when Jesus rose from the dead, when Jesus came out of that grave. He didn't come out of that grave by himself, but there were many others that were resurrected on the day of his resurrection. Those graves had been opened up by that earthquake three days earlier, but when up from the grave Jesus rose, there were some saints around the city of Jerusalem that woke up as well and those that were asleep hallelujah whose bodies had been in those tombs for many years they woke up and were resurrected and came out of their tombs and went into the city and appeared unto many this was probably the greatest miracle of Calvary was there was a a resurrection of Jesus and a resurrection of Old Testament saints of God. Come on, amen. Matthew's the only gospel that records this incident. They went into the city after the resurrection of Jesus. I don't know who they were. The Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say how many. But it said many of them, they came, they rose from the dead, went into the city, and appeared to many. Can you imagine? You're sitting there at the breakfast table, and there's a knock on the door. You go and open the door, and it's Uncle Gene. He's <laughs> been dead for three or four years. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there he stands. Come on. Somebody said, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. Well, just read the text. Amen. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Many of them were resurrected at the resurrection of Jesus. The souls of the righteous. And I'm going to bring this to a close. 
The souls of the righteous before the cross. What happened to the Old Testament saints? The Old Testament saints before Jesus died on the cross, what happened to them when they died? Did they go to heaven? No, they didn't. They went to a compartment in the heart of the earth known as paradise. There were two compartments in the heart of the earth. One was, is still there where hell is, the place of the fire of hell. And then the other compartment in the underworld is called paradise. It's empty now because Jesus emptied it out at his resurrection. Somebody needs to say amen. But all those Old Testament saints that died, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Daniel and, and Elisha and even Moses, all those Old Testament saints, every Old Testament believer that had placed their faith through those Old Testament sacrifices looking ahead to the Messiah who were saved under the Old Testament, they couldn't go into heaven because the sin debt had not been paid. The blood, Paul said in, 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 in Hebrews that the blood of bulls and goats could only partially and temporarily atone for sin, but it could not take away sin. Animal sacrifices and animal blood could not take away sin or pay the sin debt. So no one under the Old Testament could go into heaven, into the very presence of God, but they went to paradise. They were literally held captive by Satan in that compartment of paradise. There, It was a beautiful place. It was where the... The, the beggar Lazarus went when Jesus talked about the rich man and Lazarus. It said that the beggar died and went to paradise, to Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and went to hell. But the rich man could look over into paradise and see Lazarus. And Lazarus and those in paradise could see over into the other compartment. But they could not go to heaven. They went to paradise. They went to that place. But when Jesus died... Listen to me, saints. When Jesus gave up the ghost, when he yielded up his spirit, when Jesus died, they took his body down from the cross. Joseph of Arimathea wrapped his body in fine linen and put it in his private personal tomb there in that garden in that garden tomb the body of Jesus was laid in the tomb but the spirit of Jesus had descended into the lower parts of the earth into that compartment of paradise Jesus had said to the thief on the cross when the thief said Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus said I say unto you this day you shall be with me in paradise that tells me right there that Jesus did didn't go into the burning side of hell but he went into paradise he went there for a purpose he went there to preach to all those saints those Old Testament believers that had looked for him those Old Testament believers and prophets that had prophesied about him Isaiah who had prophesied and said that he would be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace would be upon him and with his stripes we 
we are healed. Jeremiah who prophesied of him, the branch. All Daniel and all of the prophets that prophesied of his coming but never lived to see his coming. On this day at the death of Jesus, he descended into the lower parts of the earth and he walked into that paradise compartment and revealed himself to those Old Testament saints and preached the gospel to them. And he said, Isaiah, I'm the one that you talked about. I came and I bled and I died and redemption has been paid for. Abraham, I'm that ram, hallelujah, that you found in the thicket and sacrificed in the place of your son Isaac. I am the redeemer and I have come. I am the Messiah and I have bled and died and redemption has been bought and paid for. It is finished. It is done. Hallelujah. It is done. It is done. Woo! He gave them the message that all sin has now been atoned. And he said, guys, we're busting out here. Satan cannot hold you any longer in this place. And the Bible says that he... I wished I had some time this morning. Hallelujah. He said in Psalm 24, open those gates, swing wide those heavenly gates, and let the King of glory come in. Who is that King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is that King of glory. That King of glory showed up in that paradise compartment. He burst those gates asunder. And the Bible said that He came up in His resurrection, in His ascension. He led captivity captive. He that ascended on high is the one that first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Paul says in Ephesians 4, And He set those captives free and he led captivity captive. These are the ones that rose in Jerusalem that day and walked into the city that day. There was a resurrection, a partial resurrection that took place at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. But can I tell you something else? Jesus didn't stay dead. He's alive forevermore and he has become the first fruits of our resurrection. And just like those Old Testament saints, one day soon the graves are going to open and because he lives, we are going to live also. There's a resurrection Resurrection coming. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 The miracle of Calvary was the resurrection of the Lord and His saints. Let me tell you something today. People say, well, what's more important? The cross, the death, or the resurrection. I posted a picture of a cross with a portion of Scripture on Facebook that's the other day on Good Friday that said, and they crucified Him. And some posted and said, but thank God He resurrected. Well, yeah. Some say that the price of redemption wasn't paid for at the cross, 
but in the resurrection. Some say what was more important, the death or the resurrection? Well, you can't have a resurrection without a death. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. There are those that have said, made the say, preachers that have said, don't preach the cross. You ever heard any of them say that? I have. I've read some books where they've said, get away from the cross. The cross is a place of defeat. Preach the resurrection. That's where the victory is. But I'm here to tell you something this morning, and you need to get this. That the death on the cross of Jesus, the, His death on the cross and the resurrection are inseparable. I said they are inseparable. You, 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 there was no such thing. There never was any such thing as there being a cross without a resurrection. Every time Jesus explained to His disciples what was going to happen to Him at, 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 at Jerusalem, how that they would take him and he would be mistreated by, by, by the Gentiles, how he would be crucified and die, he would always say, and will rise again. The, the resurrection of Jesus was never in question. The devil did not take Jesus to hell and, and, and hold him captive for three days and three nights until he was born again. There was no fighting or grappling by Jesus with demon spirits in hell. That is all a fabrication because at the cross when his heel was bruised, he completely crushed and defeated the powers of darkness by his death on the cross. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, the devil never wanted anything to do with Jesus. And he still don't. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the cross and the resurrection all fit together. They're one in the same. Paul said the preaching of the cross to those who perish is foolishness, but to us who believe it's the power of God. When we're preaching the cross, when we mention the cross, when we talk about the cross, we're not talking about a wooden beam. We're talking about what Jesus did, what He accomplished, the price that He paid when He died at that cross. You can hang a cross around your neck and let everybody know you believe in it, but that cross, you ain't holding no cross up to no demon. There's no power in that symbol in that cross. It's what Jesus did at the cross is where the victory is. And the resurrection was never in doubt. He died. He was buried and on the third day he rose again and there was no question about it hallelujah he said I lay my life down nobody takes it from me and I've got the power to lay it down and I've got the power to take it up again hallelujah I'm coming back hallelujah there was a resurrection of the Lord Jesus but because he lives whew, 
I can live. You can live. Because he lives, we can live. Worship team, make your way back because I'm bringing this to the, to the conclusion, hopefully, to the, to the climax of this message. Listen. Jesus was triumphant over death so that we will be triumphant over death. For as in Adam all die, Paul said, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of those saints who came out of the graves at, their, at, at Christ's resurrection. Hear me now. What's the significance of that? The resurrection of those saints that Matthew mentioned that resurrected at the resurrection of Christ is a pledge of our redemption and of our resurrection as well. There will be a resurrection of the dead, ladies and gentlemen. There will be. Let me say that again. There is going to be a resurrection of the dead, of the just and the unjust, of the saved and the sinner. They, were all, they will all be resurrected. The first resurrection will be the resurrection of those who are saved and are in Christ. That's the resurrection you want to be a part of. Blessed and holy is he who has part in that first resurrection. And I'm here to tell you there is coming a resurrection of the saints of God. And when's it going to happen? It's going to happen any day now. The saints are going to be resurrected any day now. Because the Lord is coming back any day now. The trump of Almighty God is going to sound any day now. Come on, amen. Nothing has to happen for the Lord to come. This resurrection Sunday could be the resurrection Sunday that all the dead in Christ rise and are caught up to be with the Lord in the air. The resurrection is imminent. It is close. It is close. Woo! Hallelujah. Just stay standing because I'm done. Let me read it to you. First Thessalonians 4. Put it up there if you can, brother. First Thessalonians 4.13. Paul said, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, or those who, ha- who have died. I mean, he's got loved ones who have died. Their spirit and soul, because of Calvary, is in the presence of Jesus right now. If they were saved, they're with the Lord. I would not have you to be ignorant. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Look at verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus 
will God bring with him? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep or those who have died. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Any day now. Any day now. I'm listening. Are you listening for the shout? Are you listening for the trump of God? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you rapture ready? Hallelujah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Millions and millions and millions of Christians are getting ready to vanish and disappear from off of this planet. Any day. Any day. Any day. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the resurrection of those who have already went to be with Jesus. Their spirit and souls with the Lord, but their body is coming out of that grave. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord I got got a lot of family I got a lot of family and I know you too that's already in heaven you hear me talk about my grandma all the time if it wasn't for her and her prayers I wouldn't be standing on this platform today Oh, she's with the Lord in heaven. Her 93-year-old body was laid to rest in a cemetery in Cape Girardeau. I've got a dad that went to be with the Lord in 1978. I've got a mom that went to be with Jesus in 2000. They're in heaven. I've got a daughter that went to be with the Lord at nine months old. In 1978, and another daughter in 1997 at the age of of 16, almost 17, who went to be with Jesus. They were saved. They loved the Lord. They're in heaven today. But can I tell you something? Many of you could say the same thing. You've got loved ones. You've got family. But oh, listen to me, saints. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, I'll never forget my mom's emaciated body that she went through the sickness of cancer and how it, it, it emaciated her body, her frame, and she died. And at that cemetery, I looked at that casket. And I thought, you know, the devil said to me, because we'd prayed for healing, the devil said, well, it looks like cancer won. I said, no, devil, you're a liar. Cancer did not win because that cancer in that body is dead and she's in heaven with Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord spoke to my heart the scripture from 1 Corinthians 15 where he said it's sown a natural body but it will be raised. A supernatural, a glorified body. It's sown in dishonor but it will be raised in glory. 
I'm going to tell you, we've laid loved ones to rest over this past two years during this pandemic. Many of God's people have went to be with the Lord in heaven. But I'm listening for that trumpet because He lives, we shall live. And just as those Old Testament saints, graves were opened and they came out. My mama's grave and my grandma's grave and my daughter's grave and my dad's grave and all of our loved ones, Vicky's parents and grandparents, those graves are going to open up. Hallelujah. And those dead bodies will be reunited with their soul and spirit when the Lord comes back. And they're coming up. You don't want to miss this resurrection. You don't want to miss this rapture. I'm telling you it'll be on every TV channel. Graveyards looking like cloud fields where graves are opened up and bodies are gone. It's going to happen. I said it's going to happen because Jesus is the first fruits of our resurrection. It's going to happen. Hallelujah. Job said, though the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Amen. Woo! Get a brand new glorified body just like the resurrection body of Jesus. Won't need these stupid glasses anymore. Somebody said you ain't supposed to say stupid. These glasses are stupid. I don't like them. Hearing aids will be gone. Crutches will be gone. Walkers will be gone. Wheelchairs will be gone. Brother Wade, praise God. Brand new body just like the Lord's body. And eternal youthfulness. I got to quit. We ain't got church tonight, but I'm sure some of y'all got some dinners to go to. But that's what we celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me. Father, I want to thank you today for the hope of eternal life and the hope of our resurrection because Jesus resurrected. Oh, we thank you for Calvary today. For the blood that cleanses us from all sin. I pray for every person in this sanctuary today. Holy Ghost, move upon their hearts. If there's one today, Lord, who doesn't know Jesus, talk to them, Lord. Draw them. Draw them to the foot of this cross this morning. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. While your heads are still bowed, eyes are closed, I just want to ask the question that if you're here today and you don't know for sure, if you don't know for sure, if you died today, that you would go to heaven, let me tell you, you can have that assurance today because of the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. You can be sure that you're saved and your sins are washed away. If you're here today and you say, Brother Rick, I've never yet accepted Christ as my Lord and my Savior, and I don't have that assurance of salvation, I want to pray for you today. And I'm going to ask you just to slip up your hand and say, Pray for me, Pastor Rick. Pray for me because I want to know Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Is there one? You just slip your hand. Nobody's looking around. I'm the only one that's seeing it, me and the Lord. Would you just slip up your hand and acknowledge that you need prayer today? Anyone at all? 
Everybody right with the Lord. Everybody where you need to be. You know if the trumpet sounded today, you'd go to be with the Lord. You know that if you died before this day was over, you know that for sure you'd go to heaven. You can know it today. And you want it all. And you want it all. Praise God. All right. Are you glad today then to know that your sins are gone? That you're on your way to heaven? Oh, that the rapture is near. Amen. They're going to sing something this morning. And as they do, listen, if you didn't raise your hand, but you still know in your heart you're not right with the Lord, listen to me. While they're singing this song, I'm going to be down here. We can have some other prayer partners to come and be down here this morning. If I could get Denise and Brother Mark to come, okay? And uh, Brother Gary and Iris, would you come? said a couple times, there's somebody in here that's been healed of of an injury. Thank God. He said it more than once. He looked over at my way, me and Kathy, Sister Kathy goes, Ruth, it's not me. And I said, I'm going to check.
it's not about me. It's about showing his almighty power, his grace, and his love for his people. It's about his almighty power. And he has told me that I have to witness this. And God knows I don't like to get up in front of people. than what I even thought. I didn't think my arm was that bad. But God has blessed me so I can now sleep better than I have ever slept before. I didn't realize. So it is a miracle. And God can give you miracles. All you have to do is ask. He can save your life. Sunday school very clearly that today was the day I had to deliver. This week I had been fasting and praying and I knew that I had to get up and tell my testimony but you know the old devil he was like keeping on my back and he's given me strength to do this thank God without crying because I haven't cried in so much and you know what tears are of joy, but I also sincerely believe that my tears are for those that have also need to come to God. I beg of you, I tell you what, being a sinner, I've been there. And I'm telling you, God, I knew God was always real and he has worked miracles that I have seen personally work miracles but he gave me proof <laughs> by my healing that he is an almighty powerful God <laughs> and I want to tell you if you are lost and if you need peace you know we'll always have trials and tribulations in our life but he gives us that peace. He gives us faith. When you give your heart to Jesus, he changes you. And it's not a bad thing. It is the most holiest thing that you can do in your life. Bless you. Bless you, Rita. Give the Lord a praise today. Hallelujah. He's awesome. We're going to sing something. If you need special prayer, if you need salvation today, if you need healing, come while they're singing and let us pray with you. Sister Denise and Brother Mark, if you'll come, praise God. Bob Susie, would you come as well? Sister Retha, you come too. If you need prayer, come and meet with one of these prayer partners today and ask them to minister to you. Tell them what you need and God will move in your life. All right? God bless you. Let's sing. 
Come and receive what Jesus has for you today.
you've given me. That resurrection power of Jesus through your faith in the cross, that resurrection power lives in you and gives life to your mortal body. Praise God. 